two, one. Welcome back to another AT Talks episode. We're still on burnouts. Burnouts topic two. Topic three will be in a couple of days. I put a poll out on Twitter. It's pinned on the AT Talks page, and then I shared it on my personal uh, Twitter page. But today we have Sarah and we have Eli, and we're going to be talking about burnout. So the floor is open. Whatever you guys want to say, go for it. Right. No, I, I appreciate it, uh, Thomas. Uh, Sarah, if you don't mind, um, I could lead the lead the charge if you don't mind. Go for it. Um, just to start, because I and I don't know about you, I just but I know for me, um, I I actually hit burnout uh, myself in 2017, um, and I was one of those guys where I came out of undergrad, um, or I guess came out of just came into the profession early on, thinking like I'll never hurt burnout, like I'll be fine, because I'm such a generally pretty positive, energetic, upbeat guy. I've always been like that. I was like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But, um, you know, eventually that kind of, kind of caught up to me. And for me, I guess I was trying to define burnout. And I think there's a lot of different definitions of it. And burnout for me was something where it was, it was beyond just being like, just tired or exhausted. You know, like a lot of us, you know, we do work long hours as athletic trainers, you know, and, and I think trying to differentiate between being just tired and exhausted versus being burnt out. And for me, the realization came was when it was starting to affect me and like my mental state, just from a, um, like a negativity standpoint, like for me, it was starting to think really, like really negative about my work environment. I didn't want to come into the training room. I it was tired of like rehabbing athletes and it was just, um, I didn't want to be at the work. I don't want to be at office. I don't want to be on the field. I didn't want to like it got to the point where I would just kind of sit in the parking lot for a few minutes being like, okay, I got to go into work. Like, I'm like, what is this? I've never felt like that ever in my life. And so when I started having these feelings, um, I started kind of questioning what was happening. Um, and then for me personally, like I started cutting out like, uh, relationships in my life. And so, uh, for me, I'm a very social person. Uh, I love, I love people very much and I, I love connecting with people and for me, I was, I kind of disappeared off of, you know, social media for a while, for a number of years. And I disappeared off of text messaging and phone calls and everything. So for me, it was something where if you're kind of not, you know, on social media, you're not doing any of the texting or phone calling, then like how are like, there's no outside connections at all. I had a couple of friends I was talking to during my, my burnout phase, but, um, which is basically kind of how I made it through. But, you know, I think people um, try to correlate with working a lot of hours into burnout. And I don't think it's necessarily the fact, I think it's, you know, you really got to spend time understanding, like, why do you feel burnt out? You know, is it negatively impacting you emotionally, negatively impacting your relationships? Is it negatively impacting your mindset and just, you know, causing you to just have a negative mindset in general versus like, Oh, I'm physically tired from working 80, 90, 70 hours or whatever amount of hours per week. You know, you could really love what you're doing, and you could do it for 80 hours a week and not really be burnt out. You can be tired, you know what I mean? But I don't think you'd be burnt out. So I think it, I think it really depends on understanding kind of why, why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And um, is it burnout or is it just kind of being tired? And if it's the job or it's the career or it's the people, you know, I tried kind of, uh, I changed around like multiple settings and things like that to try and try and see if it was the, the career or the job. And so I tried to, um, different jobs and different things and kind of, it kind of stayed consistent. And so, you know, for me, I was like, Oh man, I really need to take a step back and kind of reevaluate things. But I think the biggest thing for people to understand with burnout is, uh, you know, like I said, just, um, you know, understanding why it's the case 
you know, do you love athletic training and do you love working in the high school setting or collegiate setting or industrial, whatever setting that you're in, but maybe you just don't like your coworkers or upper management. Um, you know, that's kind of one thing. So I think really, really trying to focus and kind of narrow in on, uh, the why I think is, is, is super important. And then addressing those whys and, you know, changing some variables here and there to kind of help you kind of navigate through and, and figure out exactly why, if you're not, um, if you don't have all those variables figured out early on. So that was kind of my, I try to kind of keep it short and sweet because I can go on forever about it, <laughs> but I, I don't want to take up all the time, but I do want to kind of give, you know, Sarah a chance, kind of hear your thoughts on, 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 on burnout and kind of, you know, if you, I don't know if you or if you've heard somebody that's been going through it or you yourself have. Um, yeah. So I actually, I hit a burnout point twice, once as an undergrad student really? and once as a professional. Um, okay. As an undergrad student, I was at a point where I hated the setting I was in. We were at football camp. It was the people around me were miserable. They were being miserable. Yeah. And I just, realized like I didn't think I could do it um I called my cousin who is also an athletic trainer and a little bit older than me and she kind of said this is not your setting this is not your spot it's your first it's only your second rotation so for the next two weeks you start your next rotation and you can get through it so that's how that one I got through with a little with support my next ACI or preceptor I guess uh was fantastic and she helped me really fall in love with the profession and see what I could do with the profession. And that helped a lot there, just having that support system of other athletic trainers who were relatively close in age, but had a little bit more experience. They were still young professionals. Um, Mm -hmm. One had gone to the same school I was going to. My cousin was on the other side of the country working at a D3 college at the time, but just kind of having their experience. Um, My professional burnout experience I vividly remember it I was huddled on a soccer field and it was pouring rain I was huddled under an umbrella because my tent had blown away and I was miserable and I just remember crying thinking I can't do this anymore I was in a toxic work environment I was in a toxic social environment everything around me just wasn't wasn't a good environment and like you said it was very much it wasn't just I was tired because I was tired because I'd been working for five weeks straight without a single day off at that point. Right, right. But I was also very much, I just couldn't do it anymore. My soul was tired. So yeah, was, you emotionally, you're just drained. Yeah, I, I was yep. just done. I was substitute teaching. I was working at a school that didn't have enough athletic trainers for what they were. Um, yep. And it was just, it just got to the point to be too much. Um, Luckily for me, at that point, I already knew I was getting ready to move to Indiana from Arizona. And I was like, okay, you know what? See how this next setting goes. See how this change goes. See how being in a spot where you have family to support you because I didn't have any family in Arizona um, and kind of see how that goes. And that really, that really helped me just having that support system. And then that's about the time I started working out and running. And that's kind of where I found um, – then it was more working out than it was running and just finding that, that outlet, that physical something else to do to keep my mind off of work. Cause at the time I was saying, I love my profession, but I hate my job and I can't do it anymore. Yep. Yep. That's good that you realize that. Yeah. So. Hi Allie. Hi Allie. Hi. Allie. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. Can you guys hear me through my microphone yes. headphone? 
Yep. yep you sound great. Perfect. Yeah, I saw, for whatever reason, I thought that I said that um, I could do 7 p.m., but I'm like, you know what? I can do this walking through TJ Maxx because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm an athletic trainer, and, and obviously our profession requires a mastering of multitasking, so here we are. Yeah. Have, have you ever experienced burnout before or um, any types of symptoms, or what do you do I to think, prevent it? I think definitely, as far as burnout um, – I experienced it a little bit in my undergrad uh, just because the class that I was, or the um, program that I did had us with one team the entire season. So that, you know, there, there was a little bit of burnout, but definitely not to the extent that I'm experiencing in grad school. Because um, now, you know, being a GA, it's 40 hours a week, 40 plus hours a week on top of, you know, um, having to take a full slate of graduate level classes. So that's definitely been, um, definitely been a challenge. I think the best way that I navigate it is definitely by creating like a good community for myself um, with other athletic trainers who have experienced it. Um, even, you know, outside of athletic training all the way to, um, just kind of like the people I surround myself with. Like, are they people that, you know, help my, you know, kind of like help my soul to like recharge and everything after work? Or are they people that just make me more stressed? Um, and then, you know, going like a step farther and being like, okay, if they're people that are making me more stressed, it's okay for me to, you know, politely be like, you know, just kind of like remove myself from that situation. I think it was definitely a learning curve as far as, it's okay to a say no to things and um b you know make time for yourself make decisions that you know may be considered quote unquote selfish but in the end it's what's best for you and your health and what can help you to do your job the best way um so i find that it's just kind of those are kind of the things that I use as like maintenance It's just kind of like evaluating, okay, are some of the people I surround myself with, are they restorative or do they kind of feed into that feeling of burnout and stress and tiredness and stuff like that? Um, I think hobbies are really important too. Um, I know like as athletic trainers, we have limited time and it's kind of like a, we have so much time in our day and so many things that need that time. So we kind of okay, like assign time, like, okay, this is what I have to do for treatments. This is, you know, what I have to do for work meetings or for research or stuff like that. Um, and I think one of the first things that kind of goes is that personal time, like that me time of, okay, let's, you know, if I like to paint, let's set aside like an hour on this day to paint or even 30 minutes, you know, or um, just really carving out that time to like do activities that kind of recharge your battery. Um, and I think that's important to do. A lot of people kind of think of, okay, if I can just make it to the weekend or if I can just make it to this day, I'll be fine. But I think that just kind of leaves us at a deficit already. Um, I feel like in order to kind of prevent burnout, we, that's something that we have to like work at and make decisions about every day, you know, as far as um, 
scheduling in a few minutes here, a few minutes there to just kind of like recharge and address any battery depletions or what have you. What, Thomas, uh, what about you, man? Did you, have you, I know we've been talking, but have you? Uh, yeah, I'll just mention it very quickly because I talked with Bryce. Bryce and I did a video and um, I would say the first burnout was grad school where I did a four-year undergrad in athletic training. And then they're like, if you want to work collegiate? And I was like, yes, I do. You need a master's. So I became a teaching assistant and year five was fine. But year six, I was just, I was tired of being a student. I was tired of working a lot. I was tired of, you know, little, little uh, teaching assistant paycheck. And I just wasn't happy. But that was eliminated once I graduated. And then I got a big boy job and I got a big boy paycheck. But I would say I burned out in the fall. Um, I just, I was focusing, I was trying, I was trying to become a safe sports school, NATA safe sports school. And um, there was a lot of things we had, which were great. And there was a lot of things we didn't have, but I was folk, I was really focusing in on all the negatives because I had to fix those to be eligible for the award. And then after a while, I just lost all the positives because I was too narrow-minded and with all, with, with eight active sports and a bunch of athletes and just me, I just kind of fizzled out and I wasn't training. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't sleeping well. So I, I had to go on that path to find myself because my identity was just an athletic trainer. And all I associated with that was negatives. We didn't have a, we didn't have B, we didn't have C, we didn't have D. So then I had to take a step back and find out who I was. Kind of, kind of to piggyback off of a couple of you guys, like I mean, like Ali and, and Sarah and you, like you know, we, I don't know the GA life is a, is a rough, if a rough, is a rough life, but um, you know, like self care tactics. I know we talk about those, and um, like I know, like for for me, it was I mean, like time to kind of uh, you know take care of yourself, and and you know whether it's you know. Uh, working out or hobbies and things like that. Um, one of the things I kind of struggled with was I, when I went through it, I, I was working way too many hours to, to even implement any self-care tactics, um, which was like basically ended up doing like 20 minutes of like video games before I fell asleep at night. But um, what are some of the like self-care tactics you guys like have done like yourselves um, kind of going through it just personally? I know we talk about just, hobbies and, and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, I know Sarah, you were running earlier and Thomas, you're working out now. And, um, but you know, what are, what are some other things like specifically that you guys use to kind of, um, keep yourself grounded through your burnout phases? Um, for me, it's, uh, for me, it's a lot, a lot of it is now the running, the working out that having something to accomplish outside of my job. Cause like Thomas, I can very much focus in on, I'm an athletic trainer. That's who I am. That's what I do. That's all I am. Um, so kind of finding that, um, kind of that secondary identity almost has really helped with my self care. Cause it gets my brain away from work. I put my, when I run, my phone goes on mute. Um, I don't answer, like I have it with me for safety purposes, but it's on do not disturb. Nothing comes through unless my parents call me twice in a row. And that's like the only thing that would come through on my phone. Um, I turn off all the notifications on my garments that I can't, I'm not disturbed. I am just my music and my running. And that's really helped me, but also making sure that at least 
once or twice a month, I'm doing something social outside of my apartment in my school. So like today, my cousin and I went out and we explored downtown Indy. We made three different stops. We did brunch and we just kind of hung out and had some girl time. And that really just helps refresh me and get me ready. Um, Cause I feel like the more refreshed I am, the better athletic trainer I can be. But it took me a while to figure out that this, how's the saying go? You can't, um, you can't fill someone else's cup if yours is empty. Right. So That's like exactly I, true. Exactly. Yeah. So at, at the very end of uh, our last video, I mentioned, I believe it was Kent Games and Alicia Pennington, they were having a discussion. And one of them said, instead of pouring from a cup, why can't we just overflow? So we don't have to constantly give ourselves. We can just be so satisfied that we just naturally yep. impact those around us. I was like, oh, that's so, such a smart way to think. So I, yeah. I, so I try to stop thinking of, oh, I'm giving myself, I'm giving myself, I'm giving myself, and I'm just, I'm here and I'm overflowing. I like that. It's a great way, yeah. It's a great way of looking at it. Something that I follow too, like, um, you know, it's tactics similar to what Sarah said. I've kind of rerouted my um, workout schedule to accommodate you know, the hours that I have, you know, other trainers, especially in the secondary setting, we're pretty busy in the afternoons. Um, so it was me making that realization that, okay, if I want to, you know, accomplish this workout and finish this, probably going to have to do this in the morning. Um, and that was kind of a bittersweet thing for me to come to the realization of because I am the farthest person from morning person. Um, so it's just kind of been me like, accepting, okay, hey, I have this time before classes in the morning that I can go to the gym, I can shower there, I can get ready for class um, and show up to class and have that. So it, it's been, for me, it has been more about kind of creating, looking at my schedule and finding those slices of time that, you know, okay, realistically, could I get up, you know, two hours early and go to the gym? Absolutely. Um, so it's just been finding those slices of time and kind of committing to that. Uh, another thing that I personally have kind of, you know, clung to, to, um, prevent burnout is, um, my faith. Um, so Hannah and I both go to a church in Lexington called Southland church. Um, and we joined like a small group that meets on Sundays, um, so that's something that I've kind of clung to as well as, you know, carving out time to sit down and, and go through some devotionals and stuff. And, and similar to what Sarah said when she works out, like that's when I'm, you know, my phone is either turned off or it is on mute or, you know, I'm not watching TV. Like this is just time that I'm sitting there, you know, quiet, reflecting, meditating on stuff. Um, and I especially find that that's helpful for me when I do that in the morning because it just kind of sets me up to have a more positive day um, and just kind of starts me on the right foot. Um, another thing too is, and, and similar to what Thomas was saying about just kind of overflowing, that's something that I've kind of gotten to too is not me thinking of, okay, I'm giving this to my athletes, I'm giving that to my athletes. It's, I love being with my athletes. They make me laugh with the silly stuff that they say. I love being able to be around them and being able to just kind of, you know, see them progress, see them like that's the stuff that just kind of like, even though it's my work, 
it just kind of comes in and like recharges me. Um, so like I'll find days that, you know, when I'm sitting at home by myself and I don't have to go to work for whatever reason, I'm just kind of sitting there like staring at the wall, like, okay, I don't have that, you know, I don't have that piece anymore. So that's when I turn to my other self-care things. Um, but I think that's definitely, you know, is, is not necessarily seeing of, Hey, this is me at work. You know, I'm like, Hey, this is me with, you know, young people that I really have a chance to, you know, communicate with, connect with, um, create a positive environment for them. Because what I found is creating a positive environment for my athletes has also created a positive environment for me. Um, so just kind of, it, they, they really go hand in hand, you know, like when I, when my, when an athlete has a success, it's a success for me. Um, that's, that's how I view it, you know? And so, um, I think all of those things kind of go hand in hand of generally how I approach burnout. Uh, well, I think there's a couple of things. I think the first thing is you have to know who you are besides being an athlete trainer. There's much more to life than just work. And, you know, I'm an athlete trainer. Uh, secondly, I think it's really important to surround yourself with a good nucleus of people, people you can talk to, people you can vent to, people who you can bounce ideas around. Um, I think those, those really, both of those really help. A lot of times I feel as though it's just me. Like I moved from Illinois to Indiana and then my family kind of went all over the country and I don't have a lot of friends out here. So I, I tend to hold a lot of things in. So then I just put those things out on Twitter instead of having like a really good group of people I could talk to. But uh, that's two ways for me to try yeah, to. I can't. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I can't stress enough having that good environment and that good support system. Part of my issue when I faced my burnout as a professional was the the place I was in. My job was toxic. The management was toxic. The school was toxic. Just everything was so negative. I had no support. I had a couple really good friends, but it wasn't quite enough. Um, so just coming to a place where I've had nothing but support from my school, from my management, um, from the hospital that I work for, and also having my family close by has been incredibly helpful to prevent burnout because yeah. just not having that support is part of what my issue was. Yeah, well, I, I think it's also important for young professionals to realize that you're going to have barriers and you're going to have a lot of struggles, but those barriers and those struggles don't define you as an athletic trainer and being a healthcare provider. We all have yeah. those. We all struggle. That doesn't make I, you any less than anyone else in terms of athletic training. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, something that I've also kind of implemented to help me with burnout is kind of that separation of, okay, when I go to work, anything outside of work is kind of like put on pause. Similar to like what Sarah was saying about, um, you know, putting her phone on mute and everything. It's kind of, that's kind of how I implement it. Like when I go to work, if there's something that's kind of draining my battery outside of work, that's put on pause because now I'm at work and now my focus is the kids, the athletes, um, what I need to be doing there. 
and vice versa. Like when I leave work, then um, that I kind of unmute that. And then some work things you can't always turn off work because I think as <laughs> athletic trainers, as with yeah. many healthcare professionals are kind of like, you know, we're always thinking about something. We're always thinking about, okay, tomorrow, this is what rehab I'm going to do. But for the most part, I try to kind of separate that. You know, I try the old adage of leave work at work, leave home at home. Um, because, you know, I, I think when we, you know, another thing that we can experience burnout is when we are bringing those stresses from home into work. Um, I think then that can, you know, affect, affect our work, affect um, what we're able to accomplish at work. And then that just, you know, it just kind of builds, it just kind of builds on to that, um, that burnout and, you know, saying, okay, I'm not able to get stuff accomplished. Well, why is that? Is that because you're holding on to stuff from home? Is it, you know, um, so I, I found that that's been really instrumental to me uh, because I was fortunate to go to undergrad in my hometown. So for, you know, five years and then all my life, I had my parents, my family, everyone was right around, you know, five minutes away. I would have dinner with them multiple times a week. And now I'm in Kentucky, nine hours away from Wisconsin, where I'm from. Um, so again, that just kind of speaks to how I had to find that separate community, you know, kind of with my church, because I was missing having, you know, my parents and my family right next to me. Um, calling them, you know, calling them is one thing, but, you know, just didn't have that physical community of people that I could just stop by their house and um, just kind of talk through stuff with them. So. Yeah. And then just kind of going off of the, you just kind of made me think about when you're just kind of talking about, um, you know, going through that and kind of managing it and everything and, and recognizing kind of what's happening and trying to separate the two. I think it's really important too to, um, on top of all this, um, and I know we're, we're probably going to end up here closing up shop here pretty soon. So I do want to at least kind of get this out there. Is that, yeah, there's, um, there's five, we only have five minutes left and then five, our, our time's that. up. Okay. Okay. So I'll try to make it really quick. Um, I just want to make sure that self-care tactics and recognizing it are, are one thing, but, uh, actually taking action is another. So I just want to encourage people that once you recognize it and you're doing these self-care tactics to manage your burnout, Make sure that if you recognize it and it's happening, don't be afraid to make those adjustments. You know, it's one thing to recognize and be like, oh, I'm going through this. How am I going to manage it? But it's another thing to, to take action in making changes to, to find a solution to that burnout problem. So I just encourage people, whoever's watching or listening um, to, you know, I know we're talking about self-care tactics and recognizing and our experiences through it. Um, but it's, you know, easier said than done. So just don't be afraid to make those changes because long-term it'll be, um, it'll be worth, uh, it'll be worth it. So just wanted to make sure I got that yeah. out there for everybody. I yeah. think, and one thing just to kind of bounce off that too, is what I think is important is like, don't give up, you know, just because, okay, maybe mm -hmm. working out is one person's way to manage it. If that doesn't work for you, try something else. I mean, you know, look back at some of the hobbies you did when you were younger or, you know, just try something new, look at your town, see if there's like a fun coffee place you can go to. Like, just don't give up at finding what that is for you. What's most successful to kind of recharge your recharge your battery and um, kind of work on that burnout. Um, I think that's an important thing too to go along with, you know, actually making that step. All right, quickly, anything else? Or are we good? 
think we're good. You saw right, my well, other little cameo from my other way to prevent burnout is my pup. Yeah. <laughs> that was Lucy. Yes. <laughs> hey, fur babies follow are makes, great. Follow up makes you happy, guys. Absolutely. Yes. Makes you happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate the three of you taking time out of your day to join us for this talk. And I would really like to have you guys on for future topics. For absolutely. sure, man. Thanks, uh, yeah, thanks for putting this together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this okay. is nice, nice meeting everybody from Twitter, by the way. Hi. Yeah, yes. Nice to y'all. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right. Have a great rest right, of your guys. Sunday and have a good week at work. Thanks. You, you too. too as well. Bye. You too. Bye. See you guys.